Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You know, I've learned a lot being an NFL fan, particularly about NFL football. Football in general, but particularly NFL football. Whenever you as a fan are sitting there watching an NFL game, you can get frustrated in the moment. <clears throat> you can get upset, like, hey, this is done, this is over, screw this, blah, blah, blah. But I've learned, and what I've learned can be summed up in the immortal words of Lenny Kravitz. So many years we've tried, so many tears we've cried, but baby, it ain't over till it's over. You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. Welcome into another edition of What the Elf Was That? And hopefully you guys have all had a chance to watch the the Browns victory on sunday you were probably looking like that woman on the sideline if you guys haven't seen this picture look it up of when the hail mary pass and dj moore is falling back and the ball's coming into his hands there's this woman on the sideline looking like uh the straight out of monks the scream where she's like ah it, it was it's iconic you need to get that tweet find that picture look at that woman's face it is classic 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 scream type stuff so, hey, I wanted to follow up on the, the intro there with Lenny Kravitz and baby, it ain't over till it's over because that's the NFL, man. Nothing is over until it's over. Uh, half, like a quarter of the games are decided by less than three points. Half the games are decided by less than six. 
I think a whopping 25% of the games are decided by whoever has the ball in the last possession of the game. So the NFL is not a game, not a sport where like the game is over in the third quarter. It's never over in the third quarter. Never. These are professionals. They play football. These aren't the Browns of old. The game is never over in the third quarter, period. So, baby, it ain't over till it's over. And and I guess that's the, the takeaway I take from the Browns. I take away from this season. You know, hey, crap ain't over until it's over. Speaking of crap ain't being over until it's over, you guys watched that Hail Mary in that game. So let's take you back. I know it's Tuesday, and Tuesday is the Ronda Houston day. But uh, let's take us back to that Hail Mary. I mean, first of all, there's some holding going on. But as we saw the clip, if you guys didn't get to see the 40-second clip of Miles Garrett getting held with no penalties being called, uh, you need to go back and find out. Well, let's just stop on that one for a second. We'll come. Let's, let's hit pause on that discussion. Let's talk about this holding thing going on. So Miles Garrett comes out, claims that he's getting held every play and nobody's, nobody's calling penalties. And then not a single holding call is called <laughs> against the Bears the entire game. Not a single one. So you're going to tell me they played against Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett on the field at the same time and nobody held once. I mean, holding happens every single play. That is a concerted effort by officials to not call holding. That's what that was. Period. I mean, go find the video. It's 46 seconds long of Miles Garrett being held without a single holding call being called. It's it's insane. This brings up a whole myriad of issues, which why not? We're talking about what the elf. Why don't we talk about some of this? What the elf is going on with all this? So holding can be called every single play. The trick to discerning what is holding and what is not holding is if the holding has an out an, an effect on the outcome of the play. That's that's really where you're going to call holding, right? You could probably hold Miles Garrett all game long, but it'll get called when holding Miles Garrett does something to affect the outcome of the play. So if the holding prevents him from tackling the quarterback and making a sack, that's when it'll get held. That's when it'll get called. So what's happening in the NFL is a couple things, and I think there's some issues going into this. One, there's a lot of quarterback injuries. Okay, a lot of quarterback injuries. And I don't think most of them are even have to do with getting hit, at least hit in the pocket by defensive ends. So that's an issue. I think the NFL is trying to protect quarterbacks like like my buddy Elliot from uh, the Cleveland Browniacs mentioned last week. The NFL is trying to protect the quarterbacks by not letting them get hit by people like Miles Garrett who are clearly a better athlete than the than the offensive tackles that are blocking him. That could be a factor. Okay, another factor is the NFL is a passing league, and that's what makes the games exciting. So you need the quarterbacks there to throw the ball, to get the offenses going, to get the fans involved and generated. So, I mean, if you say, oh, this just comes down to money. Yes, yes, it does come down to money because the NFL wants their product, A, on the field and B performing on the field in a way that gets fans excited and generated and generating excitement and buzz around the NFL. But the fact that there are so many quarterbacks hurt, the NFL at least is trying to hold back, literally hold. Okay. People like miles Garrett, you can claim TJ Watt gets out. He probably does, but really it's TJ Watt. Who cares? I mean, the Steelers are in last place. 
Who cares? And I think Steelers fans need to learn. Nobody cares about TJ Watt when you're in last place. Nobody gives a crap. So Steelers fans, figure it out. Browns have been played in last place for a long time. And you know what? Nobody cares about your players when you're in last place. And nobody gives one rip and rear end about TJ Watt. I mean, besides, he's not real bright. He's kind of dumb. You know, he says stupid stuff at press conferences. He doesn't seem to be real bright. And he's kind of a jerk. I mean, he's kind of an ass. I mean, to be honest. And and in the immortal words of Red from that 70s shows, he's a dumbass. So let's just move on from TJ Watt. Got to put some censorship in that one there for you. Get some bleeps in there in post-production. No, so this holding stuff, right? It, it, clearly, it's financially motivated. You, you've, you're letting people just, teams just hold players. So my question is why we are, we are getting back to flag football is what we're getting back to. This is going back to seven on seven, where a quarterback's just going to sit in the pocket. Teams are just going to grab onto defenders, not let them have a chance to hit the quarterback so that the quarterback can stay healthy and can make passes and generate excitement so people come to watch football games. Why do we have edge rushers? Why would you draft an edge rusher in this situation? I mean, if he's not going to be allowed to actually tackle the quarterback or make a play in the backfield, why have them? The only thing that an edge rusher does for you nowadays, if if the culture of holding will persist, is that they may have to take two people to hold him as opposed to one person to hold him, which is what a lot of teams do with Miles Garrett. They have two people hold on to him instead of one. So if you put two people on him and hold him, then he doesn't have the ability to get into the backfield far enough to show the appearance of affecting the play, and therefore it's not holding. See, this is how this actually works in the NFL. Sadly, I think holding's just becoming a normalized thing. It's like playing the Ravens. They hold, grab, pass, interfere. They break every rule in the book every single time you play them, and it's just like so normalized that this is how they act that nobody cares. I mean, only when that team becomes become a bad team again will they start to be held called for all of their penalties they do on defense and offense for that matter. Just case in point, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? We all know as Browns fans, the Pittsburgh Steelers like to headhunt. They, I mean, they had a dude headhunt, break his neck, and they put him on parade around the NFL about what a terrible tragedy it was that he broke his neck. That, that's literally what the NFL did. So now they're suspending this guy, Kazi, for five infractions in terms of the uh, unnecessary roughness penalties, basically. This is kind of like they did to Vontez Berthick in Cincinnati, right? Eventually, you just get sick of watching people trying to hurt people, and you, you suspend them. Well, all these Steelers fans are all up in arms. Oh, my God, what's he supposed to do? He can't do this and this and this and this and this. Well, Maybe he should just play football the way NFL wants to be played, like flag football. Let him catch the ball and then tackle him instead of trying to put a hit on him because the NFL doesn't want you to put a hit on him. The NFL doesn't want you to go after somebody's head. I mean, you may feel that your coach is telling you to go in and hit somebody hard to, quote, make a play, unquote, but that's not what the NFL wants. And if your coach wants you to go in and make a hard hit and basically go after their head or go after – and honestly – Mike Tomlin's players have come out in the past and said, hey, Coach Tomlin pays me to hurt people. And then and then a week later says, oh, I was just joking. And then everyone pretends it was just a joke, right? 
This has literally happened. Go look it up. James Harrison said that Mike Tomlin paid him to hurt people. And then a week later said it was just a joke. He was just kidding. And everybody just like forgot about it. But that was going on when the Steelers were winning. But now that they're losing, the NFL is going to take a look at this and say, hey, you can't do that. And the Steelers fans are just beside themselves. Like they don't know what they're going to do. Like they've always done this. And now they're telling people that they can't do this. This is how winning works in the NFL. You win, you get away with stuff. You lose, they call that stuff on you as penalties. Except if you're a defensive end, because now they're just going to hold you all day long so they don't touch the quarterback. And the NFL officials are complicit in this because there's not really a big disparity about who's calling these penalties and who's not. And if NFL officials are so petty that they're willing to put their personal agenda ahead of actually officiating a game, which you can't tell me people aren't petty. Okay, I work in a field. I know people are petty. If NFL officials are that petty that they're not going to call a play because this player called them out, then what are we doing here? Why do we have officials? Why do we have tackle football? Why do we have edge rushers to begin with? Why are we even playing this game? Why don't we just come out in shorts and seven on seven and just play football? Now, I'm not saying that's a license to go out and hit people and hurt people and head hunt. I do think it's a light, like it's a statement on holding. If you're not going to let people play the game, if the NFL has basically decided, and it's pretty much happening all around the league. If the NFL has basically decided that holding is going to be okay, because when quarterbacks play and quarterbacks make passes, we're going to make money. Okay, if that's the line, and and don't tell me it's not the line because I can point all kinds of examples of how that's the line, then yeah, we're not going to call holding because the holding is what makes us money. So why are we playing this game, tackle football, if we're not going to play it by the rules and officiate it by the rules and we don't have officials that can't put their petty egos aside to actually officiate the game correctly, what the hell are we doing here? What the elf was going on? How do we call this NFL football? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go take a break here. We're going to come back after commercial break, and I'm going to calm down, and maybe we'll get back to the Browns. I'm just going on some rant about holding. I mean, come on. I'll be back. Hang on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. I can't say that I calmed down during the break because as an offensive lineman, honestly, I don't mind being held, but I also personally took great pride in the fact that like I could block people without holding them. But maybe that's a lost art in the NFL. I do know it's different because the NFL defensive linemen are are very athletic and strong and fast and offensive linemen typically aren't that, you know, but they're good with footwork, hand placement, these kind of things for offensive linemen. And, and maybe you just have to hold to keep your quarterback upright. And if the NFL has decided they're keeping quarterbacks upright and I've learned that I can just hold all day long because the NFL wants me to keep my quarterback upright, then why not? Not going to get called, not going to get fined, not going to get anything. So what's, what's the point? I mean, it's like they're taking football out of football. It's like football and actual football has become subordinated to making money. So we're just going to ignore rules, not call certain things, not call certain things against certain teams because we want to make money. I mean, when, when competition and fair play is subordinated to cash, why isn't Jim Harbaugh coaching some team? I mean, just, just get, uh, get the uh, scouts to go out there and steal signs and go out and do it. I mean, clearly, it's it's like more NFL has become more like pro wrestling than it has actual sport. It's like the NFL has decided this is how we make money and we're in the money making business and we're in the entertainment business and entertainment happens when the ball is in the air and people are scoring points. Therefore, we have to just conveniently ignore certain things to make that situation occur. It's sad. It's It's become more like pro wrestling than it has anything else. All right, everybody, I'm going to try to change my tune here. Let's let's talk about the Houston Texans. I'm still upset about this holding thing. This may be my whole episode about the holding. Um, Houston Texans, quick stat. Kevin Stefanski is 9-0 lifetime against the AFC South, so that bodes well for the Browns. Looks like C.J. Stroud, although there's nothing official. <coughs> Looks like C.J. Stroud may be not playing this week. Um, he's still in concussion protocol and is still um, having some symptoms. Did they play the Broncos when he got this concussion? I mean, this sounds like a total Broncos thing. Um, go hit somebody in the head. Not sure when he suffered the concussion. Uh, I'll have to look it up. It was a couple games ago. But, yeah, I mean... I guess if your team's winning, you're allowed to hit people in the head because that's exciting, right? If you run out and hit somebody in the head and you're a good team, the NFL can use that 
to promote future games, right? Let's put the highlight reel together of people illegally hitting other people as a way of promoting NFL games. And it's good when you have good teams hitting bad teams in the head because then you can, like, promote that crap. Boy, I'm in a cynic mood today, aren't I? I don't know how I'm getting out of this cynical, cynical mode. It's just, I don't know. It's just not good. Look, let's talk playoffs. Talking playoffs? Playoffs? Let's talk playoffs for a second. There is around the league a scenario in which if the Browns can beat the Texans, and I wouldn't rule that out. I wouldn't even care if Case Keenum is the quarterback. This is the NFL. Games aren't over until they're over. Okay, period. Any team can beat any other team any given Sunday unless they are coached by Hugh Jackson. Then you just don't have a chance. Okay, so unless your coach is completely inept, and by the way, Kevin Stefanski is not inept, okay, this man should be the coach of the year with how great of a job he has been doing with this team. Not just, oh, here's Jim Schwartz doing the defense. No, offensively, he has put an offense out there that is winning football games. They're winning as a complete team. Is it perfect? No. Is it fun to watch? At times, is it is it freaky to watch? At times, uh, the the face that lady made on the sideline was perfect. It's like wide-eyed and mouth open. Oh, my God. Right? That's watching the Cleveland Browns right now. They call them Cardiac Kids 2.0. I mean, I don't know. I'm calling them the Lenny Kravitzes, right? It ain't over till it's over. <sighs> Goodness. So there's an actual scenario in which the Browns could make the playoffs next week. I'm not getting into this. Okay. The, the scenario is so convoluted that it's not even worth, I mean, it would take like a PhD in stupidity, probably a PhD in logic, to be honest, um, to, to put all these scenarios out there. It's all a matter of who wins this, who loses that tiebreakers and all this stuff. But the fact that there's a scenario out there, should give Browns fans a, a slight pause for somewhat happiness, right? There's three games left in the season, and the Browns are still in it. They're playing meaningful football coming up on Christmas. You know, that has been a long time since that's been a normalized thing in our world. Celebrate it now, people. Back in 2020, when the Browns were making the playoffs, I'd watch the games with my son, and he was like, this is amazing. We've never had a situation in his lifetime, because he's he's young, um, where the Browns were actually going to make the playoffs and were playing meaningful football. And the NFL was so much more fun to him at that time because the Browns were playing meaningful football. Now, for me, I just like the strategy of it. I could watch two te- terrible teams go at it, but the strategy would still keep me intrigued. But he likes the fact that like the team's in it, right? They're, they're, they have something to play for. It's, it's exciting to get something to look forward to. Enjoy it, people, because remember after 2020, man, a couple bad years happened and, you know, now we're finally getting back to it. You know, it, enjoy being able to get up in the end of toward the end of December and like say, hey, we've got a meaningful football game coming up on Sunday against the Houston Texans in Houston. OK, enjoy it. Now I want to go into some tidbits, just some random thoughts. The Tennessee Titans coming out in the old Houston Oilers outfit for last game. That was a dog move, man. I might have to go back and rewatch that just to watch those old Oilers uniforms, man. Those are some classic, classic blues with the, the 
oil Derek on the helmet, man. That was some good stuff. And to do it against the Houston Texans, that's a nice little troll going on there. That I, I appreciate that kind of thing. So there's my random thought for the day. Let's talk about Stefanski. I think I tried to start this with talking about Kevin Stefanski. The difference this year in the Browns versus teams of last year or years past, this team truly is a team that is sticking together, okay? It's easy for teams to fall apart after one person gets hurt or that this person gets hurt or that person gets hurt, and things just fall to crap. But this team is bonded. They're gelling. They're playing. They're fighting, right? You remember hearing Joe Thomas talk about, oh, no, here we go again. That mentality is gone. So for all those people out there who thought, we need to turn this around, we need to fix this, we need to fix that, it's fixed, people. It's turned around. This is what it's turned around looks like, and this is what it's fixed looks like. It's not rolling the ball out there and beating every team without even having to try. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to do, and look at those morons out there. All right? This is a team where the wide receivers go out and block and try to win because they want to win the football game as opposed to George Pickens over in Pittsburgh making a quote-unquote business decision where he's not going to block because he doesn't want to get hurt. And what happens if he gets hurt? Well, he doesn't get paid, right? So George Pickens is out there being a me player. In contrast, you've got Cleveland out there saying, we're going to give up everything we possibly can to win. One of those teams is in first place or second place. The other one of those teams are in last place. I bet you can tell which one's which, right? The team that plays for each other, the teams that plays on the field, the team that never quits, the team that never surrenders, the team that goes after it and after it and after it. They're the teams that's winning. And then the team that's worried about making a business decision, a la Deion Sanders making a business decision out there at corner, they're the team that's losing. So have fun with that, Pittsburgh. We've been there. We've done that. You can have that time now. And by the way, your team, for all you Pittsburgh Steelers fans out there, your team existed for 49 years before they made a playoff, before they even won a division, okay? So don't give me crap about the 1999 to 2000 to 2020 run the Browns went on because that ain't half. They didn't come to half of the length that your sad, sorry franchise went through before they made the playoffs for the first time in their sad, pitiful existence. And it's only been the advent of modern football, which, you know, they run out and grab and hold and hit people illegally, which they're still doing to this day, uh, that the team even makes the playoffs. So anyway, there's my next rant. What the elf is Joel talking about today? That's right. This is the, the podcast about nothing today. I'm just ranting about holding and stupidity and people playing for themselves as opposed to each other. Look, the Browns are in a good spot. Browns have a chance to do something. They have a chance to make the playoffs and the way they played against good teams this year, they have a chance to go into the playoffs and make some noise, maybe even make it the Super Bowl. I mean, we've already beat the Ravens once. I'm pretty sure we could take on the, the, the dolphins, right? We just beat the Jaguars. Okay. Kansas City Chiefs haven't been who they've been in the past. I mean, this is a, a, lead, a year that the Browns can make some noise. So enjoy it while you can. And in case I don't see you guys, have a good holidays. Be good to one another. Take care of each other. Be nice to each other. I mean, people are coming to these holidays to see you, to be around you. They're planning to tolerate you. 
pass on the goodwill, tolerate them, be nice to them. And hey, maybe smile and say hi, do a good deed, offer to clean up the dishes, offer to buy an extra present, do what you need to do to make the situation a good one for yourself. Okay. Have a great holiday fans. I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 